This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly. Very, very excited about today's program. I've got on the line with me this, the person who is the second in our installment of our new series of Green Bloggers, and it's Jeff McIntyre Strasburg, who is somebody who should be known to many of you out there uh, if you follow a lot of the Green blogs. He's the senior editor and content director at Green Options, a site that is on my daily reading list, and he's also the writer and publisher of sustainablog.org, and he's also a former writer at Treehugger. He has a PhD in English from the University of Nevada at Las Vegas and spent 11 years years teaching before moving into a career in web media. So Jeff, first of all, welcome to the program. Oh, Sean, thank you for having me. Well, it's most definitely our pleasure, and we'd love to just hear about, and I've been curious to, to meet you uh, for a while to hear about the story, because I know you've done so much. You have such a popular blog on Sustainablog, and you've done such great things with Green Options, and I know that's a really growing property or net community oh, thank of properties. You. Thank you. Yeah, we've been real happy with, with the directions things are going. Yeah, I bet. Well, so just tell us the story. I mean, just tell us, you know, how, how did you get started in this, uh, you know, with both Sustainablog and then Green Options and just, you know, go from there. Sure. Um, Sustainablog actually takes me back to my academic career as, as an English professor. Um, I had start, started reading some of the books a lot of us started reading, things like Paul Hawkins' Ecology of Commerce, Daniel Quinn's Ishmael series, um, a, a number of the books that, that really deal with this notion of sustainability and, and particularly the idea that our economic lives and the environment don't have to be at loggerheads, but, but rather they can work together. And just got fascinated by this concept. So, so where my academic background comes in, um, I had always taught my students the concept of writing to learn. That if, if you really want to wrap your head around a concept and get an understanding about it, start writing about it. So I decided to start the blog with that idea in mind. I'm new to these concepts. I'm fascinated by them. I've considered myself an environmentalist my whole life. But – I was definitely someone who, who I think, you know, believed that that opposition of economics and the environment were in conflict with, with one another. So, so this was a way for me to kind of play with these ideas, and, and that's literally where it started, and, and it just went from there. Very cool. Now that that really gave me goosebumps when you described that because that that was kind of the same reason. I don't feel so bad now because that was kind of part of the reason I did it. It was to chronicle the journey as I was going along and to learn to sort of drive me into learning more. So that may come as a shock to a lot of people out there, but it's like I think you start with a base of enthusiasm and knowledge, but to really grow it, you sort of shove yourself into. And I know all the books I've written have been that way too. It's like this is how I'm going to really learn a lot about this is being forced to uh, to, uh, to to research it to to the nth degree. So right, good. and, and then. The blogging medium is is just wonderful because anybody can do this. Um, you know, start talking to other people, even if even if it's only a handful of people. 
when, when you start off. Get the conversation going. Well, then that, that's so true. I mean, it really is. And it's a conversation. And you get to talk to people much smarter than yourself and much more knowledgeable. Oh, without and, a doubt. <laughs> and, and, and share that with, uh, with your audience. So in, in written or, or audible form. So, yeah. Well, so now I'm curious about you've really seen this from the bird's eye view fr- from the, the beginnings. Um, how has the green blogosphere changed since you started Sustainablog back in 2003? Well, in 2003, there were literally a handful of us out there, and uh, it was all small individual bloggers, as I remember it. Um, that comes to mind is EnviroPundit, which I don't even know if that's still online or not. But uh, the one thing that that has really changed is, for lack of a better term, sort of the professionalization of mm-hmm. the green blogosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, after I started, Gris started its Gris Mill blog. Now, they had been al- online as a magazine for a number of years, but they started blogging. Treehugger came along shortly thereafter that. World Changing came along. Uh, suddenly, you had these professional players in the space that before had just been, again, people like me who were interested in these topics or in some cases experts in these topics, but but largely talking to very small, very niche audiences um, so with the introduction, I, I think particularly of, of those three, Gristmill, World Changing, and, and Treehugger, that, that really blew things up and, and uh, grew the audience quite quickly for all of us. So after the first five years, this all blew up, and we had this much larger audience and, and in many ways a much more mainstream audience than what we had before. We weren't just speaking to these small niches anymore. Yeah. Um, that meant that uh, – we all had to start rethinking about how we were presenting our messages. Uh, I came from an academic background, so I tended to be real academic in those early posts on Sustainablog. Um, tried to dial that back down a little bit. Let's let's try talking to people who aren't uh, necessarily deep green. <laughs> exactly not deep green, um, not thinking in terms of you know thinking in philosophical terms and so forth, but maybe thinking much more practically. What is What does this mean to me in my life? So, so trying to make that shift to that kind of audience. Um, it's been a real learning experience. It, it's been a lot of fun too. Yeah, well, it sure is. And it's, it has been fun and it has changed it quite a bit with these, with the, the big companies moving in and particularly with, and I'm curious what you think about, you know, cause we've had these acquisitions, you know, of tree hugger by discovery, ideal bite for 20 million by Disney. Um, what do you think about those acquisitions and how they've changed the space? Is it better or worse? Um, you know, at, at this point I haven't noticed a huge difference. I mean, obviously a tree hugger with in discovery you you see tree hugger in a lot more places than, than you did before and obviously they've always been a large online presence but but suddenly you've, you've got the the television presence and and so forth too um on the whole i, I think it's it's a positive step forward because these massive communications companies are, are realizing the mainstream appeal of these messages they wouldn't be investing that kind of money if, if that wasn't the case. So so the audience is there. They're moving into it. Um, and, and hopefully we can keep that, that balance where we can keep the, the messages that we've been putting out there and, and not have to pull back on that to, uh, you know, to keep people happy and, and so forth. 
Sure. And, and on that note, I mean, to what degree do you think that green bloggers can really, and the green blogosphere as a whole, take credit for the really the rise in awareness and environmental and sustainability issues that's happened in the past few years that's given rise to these developments? Well, I think what we've done, and, and it, it's because of the medium it, itself, is, is we've given people a place to talk about these things. Um, I think probably all of us would say that an inconvenient truth was sort of the watershed moment for really bringing in this into the, the mainstream. Stream. Um, that's a film. Um, you had magazine issues. You had television shows. But uh, in the online space, on blogs, on websites, we give people a place where they can talk back and, and discuss these issues. So um, that, I think, it has been our real contribution there, not just putting out more information, which, which we've certainly done a lot of that, but uh, creating that interactive space to where people can, you know, again, I talked about learning by writing. People can learn by discussing and debating and, and going back and forth and, again, trying trying to figure out what is it that this means for them. Yeah. Well, I want to, we're going to take a quick break here, Jeff. I'm fascinated by the discussion. I want to come back and I want to talk a little bit more about the large corporation presence. I have another question for you on that and a bunch of others, but we'll be right back on Green Talk Radio after this short break. Thanks, everyone. Listen to Living Green, effortless ecology for everyday people, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Okay, and we're back on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly, and my guest today is Jeff McIntyre Strasberg. He is, well, many of you will know him from several different sites. Uh, he wrote a tree hugger at one point. He is also uh, the primary writer for sustainablog.org and is also the content director and senior editor at Green Options. And, <clears throat> Jeff, we were talking before the break just about uh, your properties that you're involved with as well as what's happened in the green blogosphere over the last few years and just right. the, the massive ch- changes that have occurred. And I'm curious, you know, back to the, the large corporations that have jumped on the green bandwagon, and I think, you know, in some cases it's genuine, in some cases maybe not so genuine. Right. You know, par- part of that strategy has, has clearly involved reaching out to green bloggers. Um, do you think that there's a threat there that exists for the green blogosphere that, be- that become essentially co-opted by these companies that are pushing their agendas? Well, I think we have to start thinking more like journalists than, than we probably did before. Um, I know I was really surprised when I first started getting some of these outreaches, you know, and, uh, hey, would you like to interview this person? Would you like to come to this event and so forth? I mean, I'd always felt like I was just kind of this guy out there writing before, and, and suddenly the, these companies start coming to me. Um, it's flattering, and I think we've got to be real careful about lettering, letting the fact that it's flattering, that, that suddenly we realize we're getting the ear of these folks. Um yeah, we don't want to let that flattery get in the way of us staying objective in, in how we approach these stories. Um, all of these companies have stories to tell, and, and like you said, and, and some of them, they're great stories, and, and we do want to tell them to our readers, to our listeners. Um, but, but we've got to maintain that objectivity. We've got to look at both sides of the issue. Um, I've talked with Walmart a lot over the past couple of years, and, and by and large, I have been real impressed with the moves that they've made. But I've also made sure to keep an eye on, okay, what is Walmart Watch saying also? Um, what are their critics saying about them? Um, looking at things they could be doing better and uh, realizing that um, 
this is also a conversation here. And, and I think some of the companies get that, that when they're approaching green bloggers, it, it's not approaching media like they, they used to do it, where they could just kind of tell their story and there was a bit of a one-sided angle to it. Um, with this, again, users are coming in and they've got questions and they've got concerns, they've got criticisms, and, and they can put them right out there in, in this space. So um, – so they've got to be willing not to just send out a press release and, and hope that we write a story about it, but but really engage with us, engage with our audiences, and and make it a discussion in, in all cases. Um, it, it, it's been kind of fun to watch. Clearly, some companies get it better than others do. I, well, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head there with one of the greater challenges in being a green blogger or, or journalist in general is that – and I think particularly for the green bloggers that didn't start as – don't have a journalism background and are sort right. of trying to figure this out, <clears throat> they're the most likely to be – even if it's unbeknownst to them, they're being co-opted because they sort of get you know the the stars in their eyes and and so forth. And and the big companies can do that. I come from a technology journalism background and did that for twenty years, so I know that path for myself. I know how to avoid that, and I know who's you know <laughs> who's singing me a song and who isn't. But um, it, you know, but but I, it's difficult when you're new to it, and and it's also difficult, I think, too, in assessing um, these larger companies that are doing so many things. I mean, you talk, you mentioned. Walmart and you know, I used to have that. You know, forget Walmart; they put local stores out of businesses, and I, I know I was that guy, and I, and I, I still I was that guy also <laughs> when, when they reached out to me. I, I was like, oh, no way. Yeah. You know, it's hard not to be be critical based on what you hear, but you also have to acknowledge that these companies they're they're so large to paint with broad brushstrokes is is being, um, you know, is really, uh, you can tend towards being uh, biased yourself and right. you, you stop listening. And you, I, I think you can never stop listening. We always have to have an open mind and that we have to really, we have to let people decide for themselves, you know, and just paint out the facts that maybe we're getting access to that other people don't and make sure that we're continuing to, to have that sort of uh, contrarian view at the same time that we're listening to whatever their PR team or their environmental director is saying to us. Right. Let, many, many of us in the green space, we, we come from an activist mindset. And, and so, yeah, we, we tend to respond to these kinds of things with, yeah, that's not right. Or, you know, they see it a lot. They're only doing it for the profit motive or, or to make money. Um, to, to some degrees, I, I've lightened up on, on that argument quite a bit. And I'm thinking, boy, if, if there's a business case for sustainability, that's a good thing. Um, you know, you have companies that they see that they can make money with it. But, but of course, we've still got to make sure that, yeah, it's not just a case of greenwashing, that, that it is legitimate, the actions that they're taking, and then that they are beneficial in some way. And in this industry, I find the biggest challenge is the lack of uh, policing, not that centralized organizations and, and, you know, those can be corrupt too. You know, the review organizations and standards bodies and things like that are by no means – by, by no means a panacea, but but you know certainly the lack of that really makes it the wild west in terms of marketers saying whatever they want and, and being unchecked and, and making it very difficult for the consumer to really understand and even journalists to understand to separate wheat from chaff. Yeah, I just did some some writing this week on uh, the carbon credits issue, dealing just with some of that, and and there you're talking about. A complex concept to begin with uh, took me a while to kind of wrap my head around that, but uh, but yeah, I mean, we, 
we've got to be fair. We, we've got to look at uh, what's being done right. Um, you know, it, it again, it, it, it's playing journalist, and, and I don't come from a journalism background, so that took a while to to get used to that. Um, but but asking the hard questions, looking at both sides of the issues. Um, but but if you come to the point where you see, hey, here's some good things going on. Um, it's okay to say these are good things. They're valid. Um, you know that that doesn't undermine your credibility if you've done your due diligence. How's that yeah, for a tongue twister? Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's an alliterative tongue twister. I've, I've tripped on that one myself many times. So um, I I also know that uh, switching gears a little bit, if you don't mind, I know that uh, that Green Options just launched a new property called Inspired Economist. Right. Uh, InspiredEconomist.com. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that new site? Yeah, certainly. And it's actually not a new site. Um, the Lead writer John Paul Maxfield. He he actually started that again. He was another individual blogger who started doing this. I think it was about two years ago. Um, he comes out of a business background and and so wanted to write about these things. A lot of what he was doing, as he's told me, was more aggregating information than than commenting on it and and so forth. Um, but we've been looking for a blog to bring in that that really dealt with. The broad green business space. Um, we've had Ecopreneurist on from the beginning, which deals with startups and, and so forth. But but we wanted to we wanted to look at corporations. We wanted to look at hybrid companies, social entrepreneurship efforts. Um, really get into that vast space of green business that we didn't feel that we could cover and still stay focused on, on Ecopreneurist. So this was a golden opportunity to do just that. Um, the idea there, um, as it is, I think, with many green business blogs, is to really think in terms of a triple bottom line mindset as far as people, planet, and profits, and look at all the ways that a business mindset is being harnessed to address environmental environmental issues, social justice issues, uh, a, a wide range of, of issues beyond the strict pof, profit motive that, that most businesses deal with. Um, and, you know, it, it, again, the, the stories that are out there are, are just fascinating, both in terms of what's going on with existing companies, but also what's going on in, in terms of companies that are being formed specifically to address environmental issues. Um, you know, the profit motive is there, but, but it's not at the forefront of what they're trying to do. Well, and I think this, you know, the, there's also uh, that profit's not a bad word, you know, and no. it gets thrown around so much. I mean, really, it, it, business is what drives, uh, unfortunately, it drives everything. And so we have to really just understand that. That doesn't mean there, there most definitely needs to be ethics in business right. uh, with regards to everything, you know, from, uh, you know, social justice issues to the, the environment or what, what have you. But, but that really, that, you know, that this I sort of knee-jerk reaction from some people that that's a bad thing is just is really short-sighted because we, we want there to be a profit motive so that these companies develop these industries, hopefully with guidance and, and watchdogs and, and, you know, uh, criticism that they accept and listen to and affects them. But that, that in that way, we change the economy from what it's been to what it will be in the future, which to me is a very exciting thing. So I'm very excited to see this, this new website and the coverage you guys are, are giving. And, and that's the specific type of inspiration that that's being talked about in, in the title there, that, that capitalism itself, um, yeah, it, it can be changed and it, and it can be done in more ethical manners than than perhaps it's been done in many cases in, in the past, but but yeah, that that profit motive um, that does harness people to do things. We can we can harness it to get people doing the things that we'd like to see done. 
maybe maybe I'm just being uh, Pollyannish, but I, I, <laughs> I see it all as the Wild West in a fun way. The, all across, you know, in terms of being you know an independent journalist with new media and blogging and podcasting and video casting and what have you. But even for the larger companies, there's this opportunity to go into a completely new space that um, you know really benefits. Like you said, that's the triple bottom line: people, planet, and profit. And, and it's very exciting, you know. So I, I see it as, as a positive thing. I also see it as a mission critical thing that we better do or we're in big trouble. But I try not exactly. to focus on that part. You know, you uh, know yeah. And, and uh, I mean, we have to focus on that part. But but I think it, as we're moving along here too, um, we're, we're realizing that to, to some degree, if, if we do too much doom and gloom, um, we're going to end up turning a lot of people off at, at the same time. Um, I, I think part of – I mean – but God, this sounds like a advertising pitch. But you know, part of what we're trying to do at Green Options really is to focus on empowering people. Um, how can you make choices that work for you, that are also good for the environment? Um, and, and that's how we, you know, we we believe we get get these things really moving forward. If if people see that going green also meets other values in their in their life. Yep. Well, and it's how, how consumers and businesses spend their dollars is the greatest vote and effector of all things. Uh, oh, without you know, in terms of So, yeah, that's it. Well, great. I have a couple more questions for you, Certainly. if you don't mind. Uh, but we're going to take a, one last break, and we'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. We are talking with Jeff McIntyre Strasberg. He's a senior editor and content director at Green Options. We'll be right back. Thanks, everybody. Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Okay, and we're back on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly talking with Jeff McIntyre Strasberg. He is one of the premier green bloggers and publishers uh, in the green space, and he is the senior editor and content director at Green Options, as well as being the writer and publisher of Sustainablog.org and a former writer at Treehugger. And they, the uh, Green Options team has a new site uh, launched, or not new, but uh, uh, newly relaunched, new, I guess yeah, we would say. New as part, part of our network, yeah. And, new and new we're as just, part of the network. We're really excited to, to have them on board. Um, yeah, and that's John, the inspired John economist. Just, yeah, he, he is so enthusiastic about, about this. Um, he's inspired me. Yeah, and that's the inspiredeconomist.com, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned that that website one more time. We were talking before the break about a lot of things, like corporate acquisitions and, and um, you know, how the blogosphere has changed and, and the challenges journalistically and for people and, um, uh, you know, assessing these companies and how we spend our money. What I'm curious is taking a step back from all of this for a minute, Jeff, okay. is and, – and I have this thought every day when I wake up and, you know, I'm either posting or, you know, directing my editorial team or, you know, planning a podcast or whatever. It's, sometimes I just think – you know, are we just blowing ourselves out here? Have, have we just burned this puppy out? You know, because some say that, you know, green fatigue is set in. You know, people are just tired of being pushed you to make decisions based on environmental criteria and hearing about global climate change. Like, and, you know, do, do you see this happening? I mean, how do you combat that? Yeah, I mean, to, to some degree, I think it is happening. Uh, you know, I saw a story recently talking about green issues of, of popular magazines, for instance, and sales on those green issues is way down. Um, apparently even below sort of their their standard sales for really uh, yeah and i'm talking about like a time or a newsweek or so forth and and uh i can go back and try to dig that up um so so yeah i mean i, th I think we are maybe hitting some of that to some degree um i think what we've got to do is start taking that proverbial look in the mirror 
Um, what are we doing? Um, at what level are perhaps we not connecting? Um, and, and it kind of goes back to, to what I was discussing earlier. Um, an inconvenient truth came out a few years ago. We got really excited. It, it was a very exciting time for all of us um, because suddenly, the, you know, everybody was talking about these ideas. But but we're in a different place now. The economy's in the doldrums. Uh, people are worried about their jobs. They're worried about sending their kids to college. Um, they may see some of this as, you know, okay, 10 years is a relatively short time span if we accept that that notion for some of the challenges that we face. But but hey, right now, I've got bills to pay and kids to feed and, and so forth. So, so I, I think at some level, we've got to start thinking about those kitchen table issues and how do we provide solutions for people on, on that level. Um, and, and, I, and I think we do in, in all sorts of ways. Um, Green is about efficiency, conservation, um, using resources more wisely um, in a very simple way. That, that, that equates to, to saving money for folks. You know, Why are you spending this kind of money on your electric or gas bill when uh, if we look at what you could do with weather stripping your windows, increasing insulation levels, putting CFLs in and so forth, the, these simple tips that we've talked about for so long. Um, these are now ways that, that people can deal with these challenging, challenging economic times. And, uh, you know, I think that's a direction we really need to look at hard in, in order to keep all this viable for, for a wide audience and, and even continue to grow the audience. Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's kind of like the the mom at the dinner table sneaking in the vegetables inside the you right. know, the, uh, the mashed potatoes. You know, it's like let's not put the focus on the part that that maybe is is not so appealing to people, but rather the part that is necessarily important, which, as you say, is a, is a kitchen table issue. Uh, which is right now the economy and, and people's jobs and, and quality of lives and, and just their their income and you know people losing their homes and things like this. I mean that's always going to take precedence. Those are those are uh, you know DefCon five type issues. Exactly, exactly. Um, I, you know, and I've I've been watching what's going on in Greensburg, Kansas. We all have, of course, and mm -hmm. uh, just just keep thinking that that wow, there, there's a model for us. Um, you know, we've been looking at it and and wow, it's great. These folks are rebuilding green. Um, it's a model for us too. We we need to step back and learn, you know, or think about, you know, okay, what is it that convinced these folks to go in this direction? Because, uh, you know, as we've heard, it's a very conservative town. Um, a lot of these people don't believe in climate change. Um, they listen to Rush Limbaugh and so forth. And yet, um, at some level, this is meaningful for them. I mean, at obviously some great level, it's meaningful for them because they're rebuilding their whole town that way. So uh, we need to th be thinking more about what is it that, that got a place like Greensburg to, to make that shift um, and, and learning from it. Um, what messages can, can we take from there to connect with more people? At, at that level. Um, and, and that may even mean, um, you know, we, we have to, again, take a look in a mirror uh, and say, you know, do, do we need to, you know, has our ego gotten involved in this? Um, you know, are, are we still willing to listen, as you that, say? 
that's a question I wish yeah. that the the mainstream media would be asking themselves too. Oh, like, God, you know, every now. single one of them, you know, and we all, I think we all need to ask ourselves that. I think that they've been needing to ask that question a lot longer, but I, I fully agree with you on that. And I'm glad you mentioned Greensta- Greensburg too, because I had the here gratuitous self-promotion here, but for the, <laughs> the site, but cross-reference for people who are interested in, in that town. Um, I, on Green Talk Radio previous episode, I got to interview Daniel, Daniel Wallach, who's the director okay. of Greensburg Greentown. And, and, uh, and actually, uh, it was really cool. Zaproot picked us up on that um, on the Viropop network. And, okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And 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 they mentioned it on, on the on that video. And so, uh, but it was interesting because he did mention, and I was surprised by that. I was expecting to hear this sort of intrinsically green motivated town, and and really, tr- you know, I think that. It's exciting because it's really crossing some boundaries that these they are primarily Republican uh, in that town, uh, which I think people don't associate with the green movement. Um, and so it was very inspiring and, and uh, as you know to hear the story of that that this particular town, which didn't fit the profile, it wasn't a Berkeley, it wasn't a Sebastopol. I'm using Northern California towns because that's where I live, but you know, insert oh, sure. your town here, Austin, you know, wherever it might be. That type of uh, mentality um, exists in many places now. Right. And, and uh, you know, we need these people um, going back to, I mean, these monstrous challenges that we face. Um, you know, we can't afford to write anybody off at, at this point. And, and uh, you know, that that's one thing, you know, I don't know that any of us have consciously done that as this thing has grown. But but it has been a movement that that's focused in the last few years on higher end consumers, on, on the upper middle class. And uh, an educated populace. Um, we, we need to be looking at how are we talking to, for lack of a better term, a, a working class audience. Um, again, people who are concerned about those kitchen table issues on, on a day to day basis, and, and who can benefit from these things, but but who are also real suspicious of that label environmentalism. Um, it, it's something we're also working with with the evangelical community where we're seeing this notion of creation care taking hold in, in lots of evangelical groups. But, but they don't want to be called environmentalist. You know, they, they've got a very different motivation for doing this. And, and sure. they'll work with us on, on some levels, but, but they want to make it very clear that, hey, we're not doing this for the same reasons. Right. Um, we're not hugging the trees. Exactly. We, we, we have our own reasons. But, but as long as the missions are aligned, who really cares? That, I mean, that's, as long as you know. that's what I'm thinking. It, we're on the same path, and, and uh, there, there's no need to criticize each other's paths. Absolutely. No, that's exciting to hear because I mean, this does need to be an inclusive and not exclusive thing um, for all of our benefits. So I, I think that's wonderful and I appreciate that. And, I, and I'd like to say too to, to the audience listening in today that, that Jeff brought up some good points about you know getting feedback and checking in. Are we on the path? And I'd say both for myself and, and for Jeff, we really encourage you as always to, to you know, leave your comments on the show, whether in the comment feature below this episode or by email or what have you. Let us know how we're doing, what you'd like to hear more about, what are you fatigued on, what haven't you heard enough of? about that's what really drives this and and people like Jeff and, and myself will will focus our editorial on that and take that into consideration so uh, we'd appreciate that and and Jeff I have uh, one more last question for you sure. I could talk to you all day and we're def- I definitely want to have <laughs> you back on the program time. again <laughs> I'm having a great time um, but <clears throat> uh, in in respect for your time I want to let you go but I wanted to ask you one last question which is where do you see green online media heading like for example where, where do you see it being in two to five years I, I think um I mean, we, we'll still be providing lots of information at, at that point, but but I think we'll 
also be looking to harness the potential of the web to pr- provide services to people, to allow them to do things. I, I'll give you a model. This is a little self-serving, uh, so I apologize for that ahead of time. That's uh, okay. You know, I did we, it too. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we've got a sister company called Renewsal.com. Uh, how, how do you spell that? That's R-E-N-E-W-Z-L-E. Um, and, and what Renewsal is, it, it's a site where people can get a full financial picture of, of what it looks like if they're thinking about putting solar panels on their house. Mm-hmm. Um, if they like the report that they, that they get, they can then um, reach out to installers and, and start getting bids. Um, I think, you know, and, and we're certainly not the only one that has played with that kind of model. There's a number of various tools out there that give people information that allow them to make contacts in various ways. But, but I think that service model is going to continue to grow. Um, again, we'll always be putting information out there, but we're also going to give people a way to connect with those that can provide them the services that they need. And it, and it doesn't have to be something as big as a solar system. Uh, it could be energy efficiency improvements at home. Um, it could be looking at the next car you buy. Um, so I, I think those kinds of things are, are going to play into this. Um, everything is is continuing to become more interactive also, particularly on the, the more traditional content front. And, and I think that's going to continue to happen. I talked with uh, one of the folks at NRDC the other day. They started a community journalism um, portal. Um, so, so this is a place where anybody who lives in a certain place can, can report on environmental initiatives from their town, their country. Um, you know, and in some ways that also may be a step back from some of the – I talked about the professionalism earlier. Um, you know, we, we may be moving back in some ways to sort of the, the person on the ground writing from their perspective and, and uh, doing it because the passion is there for it. Um, but the tools for doing that are de- developing all the time. So, uh, so, so we may go back to where it, it's not such a – professionalized presentation of content. You, you may have more of a, a wide audience also being the ones creating content, uh, you know, YouTube for, for a, a green audience. Well, I think certainly the self-empowered independent journalist movement is uh, showing no signs of slowing, and it's 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 really fascinating to me to watch how that how that's evolved with all of the amazing new tools that exist, and how old media has been forced to recognize it, <laughs> and to just watch the fireworks is like they figure out what do we do with these guys? Well, you know? they, are, they are just <laughs> scratching their heads. I, I know a lot of them. Are. I'm loving and, it. I'm a oh, rebel no, at heart, so I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. It, it, it's really fun to see the internet fulfilling a lot of the promise that it's had all along. Um, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we, we were talking about this space where everybody can contribute. But, but at that point, the tools weren't really available for just your average person to build much of anything beyond a very, very basic website. Um, you know, and, and now they, they've gotten to the to the point where, yeah, I mean, anybody can can build a blog and and put audio out there, put video out there, write, um, you know, deal with all these various forms of media um, in, in in a very simple manner. 
Yeah, and the social networking is amazing too. You know, an example happened yesterday on Twitter with those of us who are on Twitter who are green bloggers and pundits and journalists and so forth. Or, you know, somebody I think it was Jetson Green put out a list of all of the green Twitterers that they yeah, knew I was, about. I was looking all, at that this morning. Yeah, <laughs> and we we all connected with each other over the next twenty four hours, and suddenly you've taken a community that's already there and expanded it and connected it even further, fully meshed. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. Uh, the, yeah, the potential here is just—it's it, mind-boggling. Still, even even as it's, it seems like a lot of this has been a long time coming. Uh, I think we're just scratching the surface at this point of what of what we can do with the media. Um, from our perspective, it's just been really exciting to see this green mindset really again come into the mainstream along with things like blogging podcasting and then so forth uh, the timing couldn't have been better well great well my guest again today has been jeff mcintyre strasberg he is the senior editor and content director at green options you can find them online at greenoptions.com he's also the writer publisher of sustainablog.org a former writer at tree hugger he has a phd in english from university of nevada at las vegas how did you ever get any work done there i would have been i, I hate to say it i've been hitting those slots and i would have been really hard I, you know, the shows I, I think for about the first month i was in vegas i, I went and played in casinos uh, i got i got bored with it to be uh, honest i thought you were gonna say i lost my college tuition money and then had to get a job but that's I, a better I, that's a better reason i well actually i had i had a roommate who did just that and and i, I think i i learned my lesson vicariously there also <laughs> but yeah as, as a graduate student i didn't have much money to to uh waste at that point and and uh it's a good thing yeah the U, the unlv community is is you know you've got this university community right in this space that uh seems just the antithesis of, of anything academic but uh but really was just a wonderful place to to get an education and uh no we didn't have slot machines on campus so, oh that's uh, good that's good right. some things are still holy in in, in right. the world of las vegas so that's good to hear well jeff really much much success uh continued success with all of the properties uh love what you're doing green options and sustainablog and elsewhere and i uh, really appreciate you being on the program we'd love to have you back again in the future if you'd be so kind as to join us again Oh, thank you so much, Sean, and, and back at you. I mean, thank you for, for doing what you're doing here. It's my pleasure, and uh, to all of you out there who are listening in today, you can look in the show notes for uh, information on other similar episodes and content on the greenlivingideas.com website. And again, I encourage everybody to leave your comments and feedback for us so that we know how to direct our content in the future. I want to thank you, as always, for listening in to Green Talk Radio. We'll see you next time. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.